Well, that's awkward. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lifehouse. Hope, hope you're doing well. Um, you know, many of you here have checked on me because the Jacksonville Jaguars lost last Sunday. And many of you have checked on me, reaching out, um, wondering how I'm doing. And so I figured I would just give everybody a overall, uh, I don't know, update. I'm getting by. <laughs> getting by. I am, uh, I've been processing it all week, and I'm probably about 80% there, still about 20%. There's still about, you know, times where I'm just walking, and I'll just see Tom Brady carving us up on third down 18 and getting the first down. Miles, Jack, stripping the guy clean, clean recovery, picks it up, starts running, and the referees who'd oh, blow the whistle and call the play dead. You know, just, just, I, I'm recovering. Thank you for your prayers. And um, I'll get through. Jesus is still on the throne. But I don't know why he keeps honoring Tom Brady. I just don't get it. <laughs> I know God doesn't give a rip about football, but it's all good. So, hey, also, each, each, each week we have a, a team of, of people that we call our dream team that get here early every, every the get here early every single week serve set up the kids team the production team the 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 hospitality team and they do an incredible job every single week of serving you guys and making it so we can have church in this theater here so quickly can we just show them our appreciation and love briefly for what they do week in and week out we love them. We have an incredible dream team. Volunteer opportunities. We were out yesterday at Nehemiah's Nook in downtown Newport News serving uh, the homeless community down there, breakfast, ministering God's word to them. And there was 30 volunteers down there serving all, all of the people that do that. They are a part of the dream team because here at Lifehouse, we know this. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. And so we have an, an absolutely incredible team. So right after service today, though, we, we are having a dream team welcome party. So if you are currently attending LifeHouse, if this is your first Sunday, I don't, we don't care. We are non-discriminatory. If this is your first week, if you've been, been coming here since September, we want to get you plugged in on, on a dream team. There are... There are multiple serving opportunities here on the production team, the kids team, the, the hospitality team. And right after service today in this theater, we're going to be having free food. I think we're having chicken. Like, who doesn't want free chicken? Even if you just want free food, just come and stay. All right? We're having free chicken, casserole, green beans. It's going to be awesome. But at the same time, we want to tell you about the incredible opportunities that we have got here at LifeHouse to serve on to serve on a dream team. So whether you've been coming here multiple months, this is your first week, we don't care. We want to get you plugged in. So, so right after service, stay. It's going to be incredibly awesome. We got child care provided as well. It's going to be a great, great time. So, so right after service, just stay here, and we will get you plugged in on a dream team and what God is doing here at LifeHouse. So today, we, so today we are continuing a series, New Ways to a New You. And basically with this whole premise of January is kind of the time that all of us want to have a brand new us. 
All of us want, uh, you know, we're sick of the old us. We eat terrible food. We spend money bad. We're in bad relationships. Uh, we, we, we got the same patterns, the same behaviors. And January is kind of that time where we're like, it stops. New me is happening. I'm not going to spend money on stuff that I shouldn't. I'm not going to stop. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to start to stop dating losers. I'm going to stop spending money on stuff that I shouldn't. And it's kind of the time we want a new us, right? So, but at the same time, we, we try a lot of the same things. We try guilt. You know, I'm, I'm a terrible person. Maybe if I just guilt myself, I, you know, maybe if I, I guilt myself, I can actually change. Many of us try gadgets. We want a tighter ab so we get the good old ab belt so we can put that on, eat chips and drink soda at our desk while it electronically shocks our abs so we can get better looking abs. We try guilt, gadgets, we, we try hard work. We try a bunch of different ways, but typically it leads to the same results. So we said this, we need some new ways to a new us. So for the past three, so 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 for the past three three weeks, we have been been checking out new ways. I'm not going to explain each way. What I would encourage you to do is to check out the podcast. You can go SoundCloud, iTunes, any of those avenues, and check out the podcast from previous from previous weeks and stuff that we have talked about. Today, though, is the final sermon in this series. And we're going to actually start today off with, with a scripture verse. And I think after we, we see this, this scripture verse, you're going to see what the topic at hand will be today. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Just to give some background here, this is Paul talking. Paul, he was in uh, um, an in, uh, in, uh, apostle and church planner. And Paul... Paul, Paul was an, an incredible teacher, a rabbi, until Jesus revealed himself to him, and it changed the course of Paul's whole life. And so Paul said, okay, instead of living and defending this Jewish faith, I'm going to now live for Jesus. And, and, uh, and Paul got saved. He encountered Christ. And so, and so now Paul is going and planting churches in different regions and planting churches, but then writing letters to them, uh, instructing them in the faith and following Jesus Christ. And we pick up here in, in a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that he planted, and Paul was encouraging them with this. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the, gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So we're going to talk today about discipline. <laughs> about discipline. Uh, Paul loved to talk about grace through faith. Paul loved to talk about grace, and we are a grace-filled church. Like, dude, we believe this. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself. 
We believe there is no amount of good works that you could do to earn what only Christ could actually give, right? We believe this. You can't die for your sins. Only Jesus could do that. Why? Because Jesus was perfect. You're not perfect. You mess up a whole lot. We all sin, Scripture says, in mind, thought, deed, action, intentions. We sin a whole lot. So we can't die for our sin because we're not perfect. We actually deserve death for our sin, Scripture says, that sin deserves death because, because sin is basically saying this. You think your way is better than God's way. It's basically what it, what it is. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve, right? And we love to talk about that. Lord... Thank you for your grace. Amazing grace. Sweet the sound. Satan, we worship, we'll raise hands. Amazing grace. Hallelujah. Grace. Great faith. We want to be all about that faith, about that faith, about that faith. No devil. That's the cheesiest thing I've ever said at this church. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> all about that grace, about that grace, no devil. It's like I saw that on a church sign. I thought that was cute and funny. It's the cheesiest thing I've ever said at this church. Yeah, probably not just here at this church, probably in my whole life. The cheese factor on that one was a 10. No, but, you know, Christians in general love grace and faith. Like, we love that. We love talking about it, preaching about it, saying it. And I think a lot of the reason why Christians love it is because it didn't cost us nothing. And let me tell you something about people. We love free stuff. <laughs> Go to Chick-fil-A. On Chick-fil-A day, I don't, you dress like a cow, you get a free sandwich. People are like painting their faces, shirts ripping, like looking like a cow so they can get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. Have you ever been to free Slurpee day at 7-Eleven? It is like they are, I mean, it is like they are giving out eternal life. At 7-Eleven, you got people taking four cups, three cups, cups running out. Like, I took Jackson in there one, one time, and I was scared. Like, literally, I'm keeping Jackson near my leg, making sure he doesn't get away, because these people were, they were passionate about some free Slurpees. Or think about Krispy Kreme donuts. Like, you dress like a pirate, you get a donut. You got people looking like Jack Sparrow, Going up in Krispy Kreme donuts just for, they don't, you don't even get a dozen. Like, these people aren't doing it to get a dozen or a six-pack. They're doing it to get one donut. <laughs> Why? People love free stuff. And Christians especially love free stuff. And that's why there's any food. Y'all staying. Like, I don't even got to say nothing to y'all like food. I'm there. What, what, what is this meeting about? I don't care. You're having free food, I'm there, right? But Christians also love grace and faith. We love talking about that because, yes, it is amazing. It is awesome. But let's just be honest. It didn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. Do you know who it cost? It cost God because he was the one that you know, lived and died and was crucified on the cross and things like, like that. And so what it's like grace is given to you. It's something that you accept by faith, receiving what Christ did on the cross. And what Jesus did is now basically applied, imputed to your bank account. Like Christ's goodness is credited to your now account. And it's just put in there, not on anything you've done, 
not based upon how good you are, not based upon even how bad you are. It was his given. If you accept it, it's by grace through faith. And grace is good. We, we are a grace-filled church. We preach grace. But I think also, too, what we can also lose in this is that there's so many things that Christ has given us that is free, we sometimes lose the fact that there's a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost that, um, that it, it's going to actually cause us, just like Paul said. I mean, Paul, no one preached grace and faith more, more than Paul. Paul, he was the one that kind of like put out this is what grace and faith is. Romans, I mean, all throughout his books is this common thread of grace through faith. But you've got the dude that preached grace and faith more than anyone now saying this. Let me tell you what I do. I discipline my body as what? An athlete. I beat my body and make it my slave. So after I have preached to many, I won't be disqualified. What Paul, he was saying here is, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to preach something that I don't live. And if I'm going to actually preach it, I need to be the one disciplining myself so I actually live it. There is a, there, grace and faith is a good access point to faith. If grace is the access point. Maybe let me put it this way. Grace gets you into the gym. Grace gives you access to the gym. But once you get in the gym... Those weights ain't going to lift themselves. I don't know if you've seen that. Scanning into one life is good. You're like, I'm in here. This is a win. <laughs> and for some of y'all, a win is just going to the gym. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> just get there. Right? Grace is a good access point to get into the gym, but then it takes discipline to then pick those weights up and start working it out. As a follower of Christ, and if we want to get the new you that you desire so much and really check it out, the brand new, new, the brand new you that you should really want is for you to be more like Christ. The way that that happens is through grace plus discipline. Think about it this way. Grace, no, here we go. Discipline with, with no grace is religion. Because you discipline yourself to do all of these good things, but it's all about you. It's all for your glory. It's also, you can, can be seen. Grace with no discipline is basically a abuse because you're taking the grace of God that God has given you and given you access to and basically said thanks for the grace I'm gonna do what I want now grace plus discipline equals holiness and the grace plus discipline equals the new you that we should want and that we should desire so we're gonna look at this whole concept of discipline that, let's just be honest, not a lot of us like. I think we can all say that. Like, none of us here, whenever I said, I'm going to preach about discipline, y'all were like, tweeting that. You guys probably weren't like, oh, I'm so can't wait for this message. This is the one that I was praying that he'd talk about. 
But I think we, we got to see first off that you are a disciplined person. Like, it's not that you aren't a disciplined person because um, I think most of you guys have learned the discipline of brushing your teeth. I hope. <laughs> or you're probably single, living in your mama's basement. <laughs> Or you just have stinky breath. And all, the, all your friends want to say something to you, but they don't, want to, they don't want to be mean. Probably some of you have disciplined yourselves to eat pretty regularly. Like pretty much almost every two hours. <laughs> Where you're eating constantly. Like you are a disciplined eater. Some of, some of you have disciplined yourselves to go to work. And you've just like, do you see, like, it's not that we aren't disciplined, it's just that many times we aren't disciplined in the right things that lead to the right habits. You have the ability to be disciplined. You've just pretty much said, what I know is good for me, it doesn't feel good. So I'm not going to do it. But of course, as we know, discipline is kind of a way of doing the things you know you should do. So you can see the the results that you want to actually see because honestly a lot of our intentions never match our habits we have good intentions but where we get off is with our what habits what changes habits discipline like you have been programmed like many of y'all are old not you know not like old old but y'all y'all older you know but here's the deal we have been kind of set in our ways of doing things We have established patterns. And how many of you know the older you get, the harder it is you see to change patterns? And if you're going to change patterns, for those of you here that have actually changed your patterns, eating patterns, whatever sort of different patterns, you know how difficult it is. It's not for the faint of heart. Like, it is difficult. If you've been eating a certain way for 30 years, 20 years, you've, you've had a good old diet of Big Mac, Burger King, Taco Hell and all those places. <laughs> too, too, too far. We got some Taco Bell fans down here. If that has been your diet, you know that whenever you start cutting them carbs out and you start cutting that sugar out and you start cutting that, that ice cream out and you start cutting that pie out and you start cutting out those things, you know we're killing you. You've got this, I don't know what it is, lawyer that rises up within you. Really, John? You ain't going to feed me that today? You going to feed me this salad with chicken in it? With balsamic vinegar? Really? And your body's screaming at you. It's yelling at you. The distrait appetite is, I mean, and y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all have been there. Those of you that have tried, it's yelling at you. It's beating on the door of your heart telling you, give me what I want. You know that's true. We got people down here testifying. <laughs> like, shit about a halabada about a Mazda. It's speaking in tongues down here. But you know it's true. And discipline is not the problem. It's that we've got discipline in the wrong areas. But why do we hate discipline? I mean, let's, let's just be real. Like, I don't, I don't think any of us here, I mean, some of you are kind of like type A, like, Discipline comes naturally to you, okay? We don't like you either, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, but it's like you got that discipline, and you're a disciplined person. Good for you. But many of us hate it because uh, we don't like telling ourselves no. 
What would change in your life if you could tell yourself no? Think about it. What if, what would change in your life if you had the control and power to say no to it? What habit would change? What is killing your life right now? What is tearing your life down right now that you know is literally dragging you down and beating the living snot out of you? But if you had the power to say no to it, it would change everything. That is essentially what discipline is. It's you saying, I'm not controlled by these what? Appetites. I control my appetites. And so many of us, if we're completely honest, we're saved, we love Jesus, we love God, we love the Trinity, <laughs> we do the tenets of faith, oh, I'm all that. But when it comes to saying no to certain things, you can't do that. And this is not a bash you down, beat you up, this is none of that at all. We have to say, we're not going to be that, that church, we're going to call you to something more. And prayerfully, this sermon will help you be able to develop the pattern to where you can say no, and you can live a disciplined life for God's glory so you can see the new you that you desire. But we hate discipline because we don't like to tell ourselves no. What would change if you could say no? Because let's just be honest, we want freedom, right? We want freedom to do what we want. That's why whenever we're 16, 17 years old, we can't wait to be 18. <laughs> and, and you know what? For all of you there, you'd give anything to go back to those times. Your food's paid for, your gas is paid for, your school is paid for, your internet's paid for, your rent's paid for, your car insurance is paid for, your, I'm just going through the list of all my bills. Your gas is paid for, your, your health insurance is paid for, your life insurance is paid for, your parents probably got savings going on. Like, you ain't got to worry nothing about that. Glory. Oh, Jesus, God. Good job, worship team. <laughs> I need to calm down a little bit, right? <laughs> eat, a, eat a Snickers. Yeah, there, there you go. No, but, <laughs> but y'all know we want freedom. But what typically ends up, you can't wait to be 21 years old, where, where you can then drink alcohol, but then it only takes a couple years to be like, you can't say no to that alcohol. You wanted freedom, but that, Freedom then basically leads to you being bound. You desire freedom. And let me tell you this, that freedom, that, that passionate de desire to be free comes from somewhere. It comes from God. If you go back, Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, it talks about the beginning. Adam, Eve, sin, all of that funness. Basically, God created Adam and Eve, and what he told them was, you are free to eat from any tree here. Basically, he gave them the garden, like this place to go. He said, you're free. You're free. Eat, have fun. But then he also said, there's going to be one tree that's mine. And that tree, you stay off of that tree. Why? He gave them freedom under authority. He said, you are free to do whatever you want, but also know this. You are not free to serve everybody. I'm the one that you serve. And serving me is going to basically require this. There's going to be things that are going to be off limits to you. You're free, but keep limits off of, off of this because this is mine. And what did Adam and Eve do? Satan comes and it's, 
That, that story happens, has, has pretty much happened to all of us here. Yes, that happened thousands of years ago, blah, blah, blah. But that same story happens because, look, God gives you freedom. But what do we typically end up focusing on? The one thing we can't have. They got this whole garden to eat from, this whole garden to just, I mean, probably, I mean just imagine the fruit and vegetables and the stuff that, and, and the, the beautiful stuff that they had there. But the devil gets them focused on the one tree they can't have. And Adam and Eve, they want freedom. Well, why can't we have this one tree, God? And Satan says, oh, did God really say that? He's lying to you. God knows if you eat from this tree, he's holding something back from you. Just eat it. It'll make you smart. It'll make you like God. They got tempted, ate it. They wanted freedom, but what ended up happening, they became bound. Because, look, freedom is ruling over creation under the creator. Get that. True freedom is ruling over creation. That's what God told Adam and Eve. He said, you are to rule over what? Creation. Under the creator. What do we want to do? We, now we've got creation ruling over us. Sex, money, alcohol, idols, drugs, all of these created things are now ruling over us. So we are now ruled by creation and we want to rule over the creator. There's been a whole inversion. True freedom is you ruling over creation under the creator, under authority. But we want to now have creation ruling over us. We are ruled by, by all of these, by all of these appetites that we've got. So we want those to rule over us, and then we want to also rule over God. Like, we, we want to be in charge, but it doesn't work that way. True freedom is ruling over creation, is being able to steward and rule over your appetites under the authority of God the creator. That's what true freedom is. So how do we gain that freedom? It's discipline. Because, look, um, Discipline is actually freedom. Because if you can't say no to something, it rules over you. Whether it's, I don't care what it is, food, sex, shopping, anger, rage. If there is something in your life now that you know rules over you, when you say things like, I can't help it, when you say things like, this is how I was made. When you, say, when you say things like, I could not help myself, that's how you know you have got something created ruling over you. And you are enslaved to that thing. You are enslaved to that thing. Discipline, though, helps us to say, I'm not going to be ruled by anything, but I'm going to rule over it instead of it ruling over me. So, for, for anything to be rightly enjoyed, we need discipline. This might sound weird, but for anything to be rightly enjoyed the way that God intended it, we need discipline. Whenever a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. And if, if you can't say no to this thing, it has become a God thing to you. 
there are many things that God has created as good. Sex, food, money, marriage, relationships, like all of these things in God's eyes, they're not bad. Many people think, oh, well, God's just against this and God's against that. No, God is for it. God created most of those things. But whenever a good thing that God created becomes a God thing, it rules over you. It then becomes a bad thing. So what makes a good thing not become a God thing, but something instead that we can be enjoyed or, or something that can now be enjoyed and used for God's glory and for God's honor? That is where discipline comes in. That is where you say, okay, do you know, do you know what? This thing is not going to rule over me. I'm going to rule over it. Why? Because you were called to rule over, cre over creation under the guise and under the authority of the creator. Uh, also, too, you've got to know this, man. You should want discipline because this, might, this is going to sound super churchy. Just a prerequisite, okay? Prerequisite. But you're, you are in a battle. Like, you are in a war. Like, there's a war for your soul. And I'm not trying to freak, freak you out here, okay? But, but this is scripture, okay? Like, you have got a nemesis that wants to literally take you to hell where he's going to go. And he will pull out any, he'll bait the hook with anything that he can get you to latch on with. He wants your soul. He wants you more than the Satan. Scripture tells us this. He comes to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. Those are his three goals. Those, those are his company values. Those are, you know, and Satan's CEO. He's preaching vision and values to all of his demons. Hey, guys, we want to steal, we want to kill, and we, and we want to destroy. Those are our core values, right? Those are his core values. Those are what he's preaching, teaching, trying to get his demon people to actually latch on to is to steal, kill, and destroy. So you've got to say, if you're going to overcome the enemy, if you're going to overcome this, like, you've got to say, God, thank you for your grace, but give me your discipline. God, give me your grace, but give me the grace to also say no, to not let created things rule over me. Why? So you can rightly enjoy it and use it for the purpose of God. That, that's why Paul said here, like Paul, like if you know, you know, you just got like really, really naturally gifted people like Tom Brady that I hate, but it's like, <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, it'd be easy to look at Tom Brady and be like, man, he probably never practices, man. He just, you know, he's just naturally gifted. He got a supermodel wife. He's got kids. He got like millions of dollars, you know, it's like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like Tom Brady straight, straight up, but at the same time, I respect Tom Brady because there's no one in the daggone NFL that works harder or disciplines himself more than Tom Brady. And what he does on Sundays is simply acting out all the work he's put in Monday through Saturday. And he is able to then take all of that discipline that he's put in. When the battle happens, when the game happens, when the fight happens, he's simply replaying what he's been preparing for. Christians, we want to get into the battle, and then we're like, oh, snap, I forgot to pray. Oh, snap. I haven't done good here. Oh, snap. It's like we don't prepare ourselves for the battle. And that's what Paul's saying here. He says, I beat my body and make it my slave. So after I have preached, after I have proclaimed this grace, after I've proclaimed Jesus, I don't get disqualified. Why? Because Paul isn't just the only person that is in a battle race. It's all of us. We're in a race. We're in this thing.
And we, we got to not only take Paul's feel-good teaching of grace through faith. Yes, we begin there. But we also need to also accept Paul's challenge to himself and to this church to also become people of discipline and actually welcoming it and actually saying, this is preparing me for a battle that I cannot fight and win on my own. Because you have a nemesis, y'all. He wants to ruin your marriage. wants to ruin your personal life. He wants to ruin your weight. He wants to ruin your finances. Why? Because he knows if he can't eternally get you, he will then distract you. He's relentless, man. He's relentless. He's, maybe Satan is like Tom Brady. He's relentless. I never thought of it that way. Maybe Tom Brady sold his soul to the devil. That's why he's getting all these Super Bowls. There you go. No, but you, you've got to see here. There's an enemy for your soul, y'all. And he wants nothing more than to take you to hell with him. And he'll use whatever created thing he can get to snatch you in, to get you to, get you to, the, to the point where, where then you can't say yes to God's best because you're so enslaved to the yes that you want for your own life. Because that is essentially discipline helps you to see what is best. Helps you to make a decision and choice, not based on what you feel or what your appetite desires. It helps you say yes to what you know God's best is. I went on this JJ Virgin diet. It's like a 21-day elimination diet. And kind of what I've seen, the whole purpose of this diet is for you to basically see the crap you put in your body. It's basically a 21 day, you take out seven different foods. Every time I try to actually name them, I always forget one of them. And the one that I always forget differs. So, but it's basically you're taking out sugar, gluten, soy, peanuts, dairy, um, eggs, huh? corn. Like basically you can eat like um, tomatoes and lettuce. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tomatoes, you know, you can, you, you can eat fruits, fruits. Vegetables, meat, sweet potatoes, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's a bunch of decent stuff you can eat. But basically it challenges you to detox your body so you can then see the junk that you're putting in. So then, so then you can actually taste what real food tastes, tastes like. Because so many of us have dulled our taste buds to where, to where we can't even taste the good things in food because they're dulled by the food industry and what they want you to actually taste so you can get hooked on what they're selling. You've been duped. They put stuff in it to make you think what they're doing is actually good, is actually good for you, but what they want you to do is why they want you to be hooked on it. Because if you're hooked on it, they'll get your money, they'll, they'll get your time, um, and, and they know people are bad at discipline, so they know people can't say no to it, so they know if they can hook you, they got you, and they got your money. Th that's what Satan does. He dulls your senses to what is actually good to where you start drinking toilet water instead of the good heavenly living water that God gives. I'll just do one ex example. Sex sexually. Many people, they drink toilet water and, and pornography, sex outside uh, of marriage. And they think, man, who, do, who does it harm? Is this, we're just having fun. 
it's, you know, it's, hey, <laughs> I got a body. I got desires, appetites. I'm just acting on it. It's all good. No one gets, gets hurt. We use protection. What, I mean, what, what's wrong with, with porn? And what's wrong with this, that, and the other thing? And what you actually end up doing is you're actually dulling, you callous, what God actually intended marriage and sex to be about. But you've actually seared your conscience to the point of you can't even discern what God's, what God's best is anymore because you are so consumed and you are so duped by Satan that it doesn't matter. This, this is okay. This is the best. Freedom. Sleep with whoever you want. It doesn't matter. It's just sex. No big deal. And these are lies that our culture throws at us. Why? Because they know we're weak. That's why they put sex in everything. Pepsi, like you, it's like, what are they going to try to use sex to sell now? Chuck E. Cheese ass? It's like, good Lord. It's like they use sex for everything, man. Why? Because they know we're weak. The point is this, y'all. In order to enjoy anything, you need discipline. Because discipline helps you enjoy it the right way for God's glory and doesn't dull because it helps you to discern what God's best is. I got to hurry. How can you have discipline? It's like, all right, John, this is all great, good. Yep, you told us how bad we need it. Yep, it's important. Yep, I'm, I'm a terrible person. I don't have discipline. Thank you, John. You're really helpful. Okay, great. Let's, let's go home now. All right, so how can you have discipline? All right, uh, a few things. I'm going to focus on the goal, and that's becoming like Jesus. But here's the thing. We can sometimes think Jesus lived a life as an example for us so we wouldn't have to do the things he did. I've heard people say, Jesus suffered so we wouldn't have to suffer. Jesus suffered so we wouldn't have, which is partly true. He suffered the cause for sin. He was the atoning sacrifice on the cross. Yep, that's totally true. I'm totally with you there. But at the same time, Jesus lived his life as an example for us to follow. And let me tell you this, Jesus had discipline. He was 12 years old. He, he, his family could not find him. Where is little Jesus. Where is little Jesus? We're going on the way here. Jesus is gone. Anyone seen Jesus? No, Jesus is gone. Where was Jesus? In the temple debating, learning about his father's business. He knew what his purpose was. He said, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to, I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. I'm awesome. I'm 100% I'm God and 100% man, so I'm just going to skirt through life. Easy and great. It's just going to be awesome, right? No, he said there had to, even though he was 100% God, he also knew he needed to have 100% discipline. He was in the temple, 12 years old, debating these scholars, rabbis, and they're like, this 12, who's this 12-year-old? Like, he's schooling us. Also, too, Jesus went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Y'all are like fasting. I feel like I've heard that before somewhere. I know that's a term from some sort of, I don't know, fasting. I feel like I've heard of that somewhere, but I, man, just can't, you know, I, I don't, yeah, he fasted. It means he didn't eat, I, I, you know, I mean, scripture, he didn't eat or drink another for 40 days. I don't even know how that's physically possible, but it, but here's the deal. Jesus fasted, and Jesus told us not if you fast, but when you fast. Jesus, scripture tells us he had a custom of going to synagogue. Meaning, in his daily schedule, Jesus was going to church. That's crazy. Like, he's Jesus. Like, if there's anyone you think that wouldn't need church, it'd be Jesus. 
But Jesus had a weekly routine of disciplining himself to say, Scripture tells us, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue because he was disciplining himself. Scripture tells us Jesus lived the life we could have lived and, or that we could not live and die the death that we could not die. But he was an example for us. He, 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 he didn't just, he didn't, he, he didn't just die for us. His life was also an example for us of what we should also do. So you're saying, how can I get disciplined? Jesus is the goal, okay? Jesus is the goal to help you say, and scripture tells us, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, right? Whenever you get your eyes off of Jesus, he's the point, you miss it all, right? The purpose of disciplining yourself is to be the best that God has. And the best that God has ever had is Jesus. We want to be like him. But also the second thing is discipline. You want to develop discipline. It's that F word, fasting. Some of y'all are like, oh my God. <laughs> you were funny. He was like, fasting. Fasting. Now, some of y'all are like, you know, John, I, okay, you want us to fast? I'll, I'll, I'll fast. I'll fast salad. <laughs> I will fast drinking water, and I'll only drink Coke. I will fast. <laughs> I will fast squash and fast cucumbers, okay? You, you got it. I'm down with that, right? No, no, no. Fasting is basically taking a natural, a, a, a natural appetite that you have and saying, I'm going to put it aside for the purpose of, dis of, of disciplining your body and taking time, energy, and focus and putting it on Jesus, okay? Um, now, there, you know, there have been many different fasts in this time period, you know, Daniel fast, the full fast, a liquid fast, 24 hours. I mean, here's, here's the, the deal. I don't think it's really important, extremely important what kind of fast that, that you do, but that you do it. Because let me tell you what, what fasting is. Now, I am a self-professed, pathetic faster. I'll just be honest with you. Like, I am pathetic. Like, I just did. Okay, th th this is how, like, it's, it's really sad. But I did the longest fast I've ever done, a full food a week ago. I did six days. Now, I about died. Okay, I'm just, that's not, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but. Let me tell you, like, probably before that, the, the longest that I had probably fasted was, like, th was like three days. Um, so what I learned in this process of fasting is that if you can tell your body no when it's screaming for food, you can tell your body no whenever it's screaming for anything else. Alcohol. Sex, shopping, you got to have that. Negative thoughts, fear, anxiety. Because what fasting does, whenever my body was screaming, and it was screaming for f food, that right there is basically going, doo, 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 focus on Jesus. It's in alarm. The appetite becomes a loud siren telling telling you the same hunger you've got for for that food. God, give me a hunger for you like I've got right now, a hunger for this food. God, give me a hunger 
for righteousness, for truth, for holiness, for this life. That's give me a hunger that I've got right now for this food where I want to eat my own arm off and I'm ready to eat, you know, fry up fingers. Like it doesn't matter. Like I'm ready to eat anything. God, that same hunger I've got for that, give me a hunger for you. And if you can say no to food, if you can say no to sugar, if you can say no to those things that your body is screaming for, it doesn't just improve you physically. It also gives you the strength and power to prepare whenever your sinful appetite is craving sex, money, shopping, bad relationships. You have the power and the discipline to say no. I'm not going to be ruled by my what? Appetites. I'm going to rule my appetites. And basically, just like Paul said, I beat my body and make it my slave. So after I've preached to many, I won't be disqualified. He disciplines his body like an athlete. Fasting is important, but also account- accountability. I'm not sure who's coming up play. You can go ahead and come on up and play. I think it's Andy Furrow. Andy is not single, just to let you know. He's engaged, so he'll be getting married in May. Congratulations, Andy. So ladies, hands off. Control yourself. Discipline. But also, accountability is super important. Like you need people around you to hold you accountable. And it has, it has, it, it has been awesome. Um, they started a, a health transformation life group uh, back, back, in, back in the beginning of January where it was kind of the whole concept was, was getting your health transformed and getting into really good accountable relationships. Um, and I think they're coming up on 21 days, I think, right? And, and you would probably say, how many pounds have people lost combined in the group? They're gonna find out tomorrow. Probably, what, 20-some 20 20 some people, or some 30, 30-ish. Um, they have probably lost a combined 200 pounds. Um, but it has been awesome seeing um, for some reason, Carrie put me on their Facebook page. So every time somebody posts one, I'm seeing these pictures of dishes that they're cooking and, and wins that they're doing and things like that. But it's just been incredible to, to see the accountability and having people join with you in these wins when they have fallen. You got people coming on there. Uh, guys, just to let you know, I didn't, I didn't read labels here. I totally accidentally ate, ate this whatever chocolate or piece of whatever i shouldn't have done it and people are there it's okay man it's it's gonna be okay get back up keep on going but it's just been this accountability where dude when you do life together you've got people that got your back and can see in your blind spots a huge avenue to gaining the discipline that that you want is accountability it's doing life with other people and typically accountability you need vulnerability But let's just be honest. A lot of us feel that we are so down and so far beyond repair that we don't even want to get out of the depths of of really our, our own mess and get vulnerable so we can get help. So what do we do? We stay right there. We let the pattern keep on doing. We try harder. We, we try to just do better and try harder. And a lot of the things that we're saying were old ways. We need some new ways. You, we want to let you know at Lifehouse Church, you're safe here. We don't care about your mess. Join the church. We're messy. We all got issues. We all got stuff that we can't say no to. Starting, starting, starting with the lead pastor. I need Jesus more than any of y'all. 
straight, straight up, right? But the, one of the only ways to change is to, get, is to get accountability and get vulnerable. And we want to let you know you're safe here. No matter what that thing in your life is that you say, I can't say no to it. I, I believe there is nothing that with people by your side, backing you up, encouraging you, encouraging you to fast and get into spiritual disciplines and keeping your eyes on Jesus. I believe there's nothing that you can't transform to where whatever you can't say no to, instead of it ruling you, you can rule it. But it's not going to be done by yourself. It's going to be done in accountability and with a group of people. Let me tell you this, closing out with this, discipline will become desire over time. I can vouch for this. I told you the whole story of working out. I hated, I hated working out 5, 5 a.m. Jesus isn't even up. I didn't think I could ever wake up at 5 o'clock to actually work out. I hated it the first three to five months. Now let me tell you this. I, my, my eyes wake up at 4.45 most of the time, and I'm ready to get at it. It's become a desire. It sucked a lot of the time starting off. But it was discipline and discipline, accountability, seeing, oh, man, I can actually say yes to this instead of saying, nope, I'm sorry, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> And I've got different areas that I'm working on also. But I'm on the way. And today, guys, we want to help you get that new you that you want. And that is you becoming more like Jesus because he is the goal. He is the purpose. But it's going to come. You're, you're going to have to fast. Like, you, you know, it's like we can't think. Fasting is the quickest way to, to get you spiritually in shape. Even if you fast one meal a day, start off with something. If you want more clarification on that, talk to me, leaders, we can talk you through that. But also accountability. We, we started life groups that this past week. There's still time. Sign up. We got 16 groups, theaterchurchnn.com. Go there, check it out. Get plugged in. Get the uh, accountability to see the kind of change that you want to actually see. And just trust me on this. The discipline that you desire, it will become a desire over time. If you stick with it, you got the right people with, with you, and you keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Can we stand up, Lifehouse? I talked earlier about grace and just about how grace is the access point. It begins with grace, y'all. And possibly here, you've heard me talk about discipline and discipline and discipline and all that's fine, good, and all that stuff. But some of you here, you just don't need discipline. You need to start with that grace. Maybe you're, you are possibly here and you've never received Jesus. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. We wanna give you access into the gym. <laughs> we wanna give you access into God's presence, into a relationship with with. God that you could not earn on your own, but it begins by receiving by faith the grace that God gives us revealed in Jesus Christ by going to the cross and dying in, by dying on the cross in our place for our sins. And whenever you put your faith and trust in Jesus, what actually happens is his work, his righteousness, when you accept that, it's credited to your account. So when God sees you, he doesn't see your good works or your bad works. He sees what Jesus did. Every head bowed, every, every eye closed really, really quick. If you just say, John, I want to receive that today. Really, really quick. 
that's you, I'm just going to count to you three. Once I do that, would you, would you just take your right hand, put it up, and we just want to know who you are so we can pray for you. I promise you we're, we're not going to make you feel awkward. We just want to know who you are so we can pray for you today. If you say, John, I want to receive Christ today for the first time. When I count you three, just take your right hand, put it up. Ready? One, two, three. Anyone here? Anyone here? Anyone here? Anyone here? I can't see any, any, <laughs> I can't see any way to be honest with you, but boy, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're all going to pray, and we're going to pray along with those that want to receive Christ today for the first time. So, so if you would, Lifehouse, simply, simply repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for your grace that earned what I couldn't earn that gave me life when I deserved death. Thank you for the cross that I deserve, but you so willingly took. I give you my life. I submit it to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lifehouse, can we just please give it up for anyone that said that prayer today for the first time? If that was you today, Really, really quickly, right after service, Next Steps booth. If you would, go there. We want to quickly connect with you and help you along this brand new journey of following Christ. We want to give you a Bible and also give you some, some, some good next steps in this walk and following Christ. Lifehouse fam, we're just going to have a time right now of just responding to what God spoke. If there are different areas in your life today, that you know you need discipline. And I think we're all there. My prayer for you is that you would take the necessary steps to change your habits, that you would put action to your intention. In the same way Paul said, I'm not just gonna preach this thing or live this thing. I'm gonna make sure I have control over this body that God has so graciously given me instead of it ruling over me. So this is going to be a time of repentance. If, if you got to repent, do it. If you need to make a brand new resolution, do it. If you want to worship, do it. Whatever step you need to take to see discipline become a part of your life, do it right now. And let's see life change happen. Life, life house.